Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. For those of you who are watching me on video, you can see that Rocky is doing something. I don't know what he's doing. Um, welcome to the podcast. I have such a fun episode for you today that I am actually going to have to divide it in two episodes because I interviewed Nadia. If you have been on TikTok and you're searching for confidence manifestation videos i'm sure you came across her videos i was binging her for so long and then i finally was like i want to have her on the podcast so i reached out to her and she said yes and she was such a fun guest and this was probably one of the most fun i ever had recording a podcast we went so deep and i shared some childhood trauma i shared a bunch about my mindset with money astrology relationship friendship finances i don't know this this really <laughs> went like amazing i'm so happy with this episode and i hope you're gonna enjoy it as well she helps women get into alignment and manifest their dream lives and i'm gonna read something that says on her website that i can definitely relate to it said i went from lost broke and unfulfilled to making my entire vision board and desires come true just by aligning my state of being with the universal principles of success Honestly, I can't even tell you guys how many things in my life happened that I used to dream about, that I used to think, oh, I wish this happens for me. But honestly, your dream life is closer than you think. You just have to align your behavior with that version of yourself that you want to be. So in this episode, as I said, it's going to be split into two. So we have part one now and I'm going to post part two the following week. So make sure to listen to both because we covered so many brilliant topics in this conversation. And before we get into it, I would love for you to leave a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying the podcast. It means more than you can possibly imagine. I can't even tell you guys how much your reviews make me so happy and i'm gonna read one that i got recently from antonia rosie subject is the content we all need five stars coca does such a great job with her platform in appealing to all audiences and putting out content we all need to hear Whatever you may be going through or whatever you're trying to work on, she has an episode to help. What I love most is the authenticity and vulnerability of the episodes. She brings on guests that match her energy and it's what makes the podcast even more profound. Highly recommend for anyone who needs that bougie best friend in their life to hold them accountable and help raise their standards. This is such an on-point review. Antonia, you really <laughs> explained beautifully what I'm trying to what I'm trying to deliver to the world. And thank you for this beautiful review. So without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Nadia, part one. Nadia, welcome to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. As I told you offline, I have been binging your content for a long time. I would love to hear about your beginnings, about that dramatic video that got you fired. Yes. So it's so funny. That's like the first the first part of the story that people are like, oh my God, I need to know more about this because it's not common that you hear somebody gets fired for like a TikTok video. But basically I was working as a substance abuse counselor for the county. And it, so basically I was working for the government, if you will. That was around the time that I started getting more active on TikTok. And I would take um, videos at work 
of me and my coworkers doing like a lip syncing video, like things that are just really funny, just like for shits and giggles. One of them that I posted went so viral that the director at my job literally saw it. And he called me into his office a few weeks later and he was like, you're done. Like this, we can't have this. We brought it up to the board and whatever. And they decided that the course of action was to terminate you immediately. So they actually had me drive to work. They didn't tell me they were going to fire me. I drove 30 minutes to work just to get fired and be like, that's it. Like, that was your, you already worked your last, last trip. You can, you can go now. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. I think it was honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me in my whole career, because if I hadn't gotten fired from that job, I would not have pursued social media the way I have and the way I've always wanted to. And I remember, um, this is when I was getting really big into my manifestation journey and a few, um, weeks slash months prior to being fired, I had been manifesting making more money and feeling more freedom in my career and just being very aligned. So I was like, okay, I got fired from my job. That can't be a coincidence. The universe is aligning things for me in some way, shape or form. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this as a sign and I'm just going to go full force doing what I want to do. So the affirmation that I kept telling to myself after I walked, I literally walked out of the doors and got to my car. I was kind of like, were fuming. you crying? Like, how were you feeling? No, yeah. I wasn't um, crying. I think I was a little bit shocked, but I felt more relief than anything else, which was so interesting to me. I was like, there's a part of me that was like, finally, like I'm done yeah. because I would never have quit. Like I'm not the type of person that would just be like, yeah, I'm quitting my job and do like, I like security and I like stability. So it's something that was really sudden. So for me, the feeling of relief, I was kind of like, that's interesting that I feel that way after leaving a job that I thought was gonna be my bread and butter for a while. But it was also a little bit of shame. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, that's embarrassing. Like that's an embarrassing way to go out. Like you got fired because of social media, like typical Gen Z behavior. I but kinda love that story. I mean it's such a such an interesting story. <laughs> honestly it's yeah, it was it was my not villain origin story. It's my hero origin story where I really got to be like the hero of, of my own plot line. But I remember telling myself, like, I got fired from my job and I'm going to get rich on TikTok. Like, that is just how it has to be. That's how it's going to happen. And then eventually I started getting more into social media. I landed my first paid gig as a social media manager, making the exact amount of money that I wanted. Like, I was putting everything in my journal and it all came true to a T. So I was like, this is amazing. Now I can just go full force with this. And that led to everything else in my career. Wow. And when was that? That was January of 2022. Wow. So that's not so long ago. No, it was actually pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That makes me even more excited to talk about all of these things. Yeah. Because as I said, I've been binging your content, but for mm -hmm. those who don't know, tell me like, what is your content now? So I uh, like to boil it down. It's basically confidence, manifestation, and motivation. Like that, those are really the main three things. The overarching message that I preach about all over my social media channels is like, you have the power to create whatever reality you choose. You are here to experience the reality of your dreams. It's not meant to be hard. You're not meant to put your desires on the back burner. It is fully possible to manifest the life of your dreams using the power of your subconscious mind, using like principles of like law of attraction and law of assumption and the laws of the universe to get really clear about what you want and then bring it into reality without having to worry about the how. That's a big piece of my message as well is like a very spiritual connection with your higher power. So you can allow the higher power to do the heavy lifting for you. And then like, it's a co-creative process, right? Like you get to experience the fruition of your desires without worrying about the logistics of making it all happen step by step. So that's kind of my, my social media channels is what it's all about. Like learning how to manifest your desires, dream career, dream income, dream friends, dream relationship, and just living very consciously and with intention. I love that. I talk a lot about manifesting and I have a lot of people on my podcast and my Instagram talking about manifesting, but tell me in simple 
simple terms, like what does manifesting mean for you? Manifesting is really just creation energy. It's right. It's when something goes from an idea to a tangible like reality. To me, manifesting something means getting clear on what it is that you want to experience and aligning your mindset, aligning your energy with that outcome to allow it to come to fruition, right? So it's like when I manifested my dream job offer, I got clear about what it was that I wanted and I focused my attention and my awareness on that outcome to allow it to manifest. So that's the other thing is manifestation is really about where are you spending your time and attention and your awareness because that's what you're feeding with your energy and that's what's going to become a tangible reality. So an example I like to use is if you are constantly saying things to yourself, like I always forget people's names, like I'm so bad at this and I'm so bad at that, you are going to manifest situations where that expresses itself because you're speaking it into existence with your words, you're thinking about it over and over, you're feeding it with the emotional reaction of like shame every time, oh, I can't remember people's names, right? So it's really your thoughts and your emotions are the main vehicle by which you manifest things into your reality. And when I'm talking about manifestation, I'm talking about let's take control of what is it that you want to experience and what are you doing with your energy that is out of alignment with that that's keeping it further away from you. You mentioned being out of alignment and I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of us sometimes we do want to achieve certain things but our behavior is not showing that Mm -hmm. but we're still thinking like okay I should do this but then we still don't do it. What is stopping us from acting in alignment with our desires. A lot of outdated conditioning, a lot of rules that we've placed, conditions that we've placed on how to make something happen. And a big one that I see the most with the people that I work with, people who feel like they can't achieve it or attain it or experience it because they simply don't know how it would happen. Like that's one of the main ones that I feel like so many people struggle with is like, well, if I don't know how it's going to happen, if I can't see the clear path there, like how is it going to be real? This is because we as adults tend to fall into a lot of logical thinking that does not always service. If you think about it as kids, right? If you look at a kid, a kid looks at the world as like a sea of possibilities, like anything can happen, right? Yeah, I could be an astronaut. I could be a hairstylist. I could do whatever I want, right? It's really cute, but it's like- I wanted to be a princess. Oh, I love that. (laughs) See, like, and there's nothing in your mind as a child that's like, oh, that's not realistic. Like, what is your problem? You know, it's just like a free for all. So as we get older, as adults, we start to put a lot of limitations because we get less into that intuitive childlike state of wonder and more into this like hyperlogical adult thinking of like, this is how I like to explain it. If you think about a trip to Disneyland, you think about a family trip to Disneyland, you have the kids and you have the adults and they're having two completely different experiences of the Disneyland trip. You have the kid who's like, ah, shifts and giggles. Like, I'm just here to have a good time. I love it here. This is amazing. And then you have the adults that are like, okay, we need to make sure we have all the tickets and everything is planned out perfectly. But it's like, they're both having the same experience, right? They're both going mm-hmm. to Disneyland, but it's like one of them is so preoccupied with the logic of it all. And one of them is just there to have a good time. And I think when it comes to the limitations, it's because we're too much in that adult thinking mode where we think we have to have everything planned out. We have to know the itinerary. We have to know the destinations. We have to know exactly how we're going to do it and how we're going to get there. If you can just trust that it's all working. Like you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to know for certain how it's going to come together. You just leave it to the creative potential of the universe. You give space for that thing to come into fruition in the best and most efficient way possible for you. So I think that is like to answer your question, the biggest limiting belief that I tend to come across with people. The other one is also the self-concept where they feel like they're not really worthy of experiencing it. That's like the deeply rooted belief that like, I'm not worthy of experiencing this desire. It's not possible for me. It's not going to happen for me. And that's also what prevents them from really taking it seriously and taking a live action towards it. You mentioned so many interesting things here. First off. <laughs> I talk, yeah, I know. <laughs> No, this you said said something like our thoughts create our experience. 
experiences. And I say this all the time with my boyfriend mm-hmm. specifically because like we live together and sometimes he's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm doing, I'm like, if, if you say you're tired, if you keep on saying that you're tired and not in a good mood, that's exactly mm-hmm. how you're going to feel. And like, I'm just, I'm yeah. living the same life as you are. So like when you change your mindset, you're going to change your reality. Talk mm-hmm. to me about self-concept. I know that's a big part of your page, but tell me in simple terms, how would you define that? So self-concept is the way that you perceive yourself. It's the way that you think about yourself, the beliefs that you have about who you are and how you show up. A big part of manifesting is like your reality is literally just a reflection of the relationship you have with your own energy. So it's like when you think about yourself, if the only things that come up are, I suck at this, I'm not good enough, I don't have enough of this, or I'm not good enough with this. If all you think about are limitations, that's going to reflect in your reality, right? You're going to come across a lot of limitations. The way things unfold for you is going to be reflective of that relationship that you have with your energy. And it's via the law of attraction and the law of assumption. The law of assumption is that everything that you believe to be true without needing evidence, that's what becomes a tangible reality. So this is goes back to like, okay, well, I have the belief that I always forget people's names. Cool. Well, you're going to manifest that via the law of assumption because that's what you believe to be true about yourself as an individual. With the law of attraction, it's about how you feel about yourself, right? It's all about the energy of emotions. If you are feeling shameful, if you are feeling guilty all the time, if you are feeling low vibrational a lot about who you are and how you operate, that's going to manifest in your reality as well. So for example, like we talk about lucky girl syndrome, right? If you're somebody that believes that things are never working out for you, you're always missing opportunities. It's that like victim mentality you're going to manifest more of that. But then on the other hand, if your self-concept is I'm a lucky girl, things are always happening in my favor. I'm always, you know, experiencing these random miracles that are just like the best thing for me. When that is your self-concept, that will also reflect in your reality. You will attract opportunities. You'll attract resources, all of the things that you need to be able to create the life of your dreams and and be at your happiest. That's what I would say with self-concept. It's what are the beliefs that you have and how do you feel about yourself as an individual? So for somebody who is currently struggling with their self-concept and they want to get out of this victim, to mentality and they want to start working towards achieving their dreams and all the stuff that we're talking about, what would be their first step? The first part is by really asking yourself, who is your ideal self? Like you at your most successful, or maybe thinking about somebody that you really look up to and respect and admire a lot. Like think about them, think about the traits that you would like to have, and then think about what are the things that make you feel like you can't be that person? Like what are the things that are preventing you from feeling like you can be your most confident and magnetic self? What are the specific beliefs that arise when you think about the kind of person that you want to embody? Because those those are your limiting beliefs. Those that's where you got to do some of the shadow work. So once you can identify where you feel like you come up short, then it's about pinpointing like, where did that come from? Because it comes from something. Let's try Mm -hmm. to get a little specific here. Give me a few examples Mm -hmm. for those. I mostly have female listeners. So let's talk about Mm -hmm. like female problems. Usually give me a few female issues. I'll give you an example that I hear often. So my Mm -hmm. content is a lot about dating and relationships and leveling up in life. And a lot of girls come to me and they're like, I don't deserve a guy that is so successful or where can I meet somebody like that? Like I live in a small Mm -hmm. town or there's always these reasons and excuses pretty much. It's a lot about relationships. Let's let's answer a relationship question. Like I'm not worthy of meeting somebody like that. And then Mm -hmm. I want to talk about like some other examples. Okay. Love it. Okay. So yeah, that is a really common one actually with like, I'm not worthy of being with a high value man. Okay. So why, what makes you feel like you don't deserve to be with a high value man? And usually it takes a minute to think about it because these aren't beliefs that are always very conscious. It takes a minute to really sit with the question and let your subconscious answer for you. But maybe for example, something that could come up is that like, I'm not pretty enough to attract a high value man, or I'm not, I don't have enough to bring to the table, right? Like I'm not confident enough or whatever the case may be. So if those are, those are your limiting beliefs. 
beliefs that you aren't attract. Let's just stick with the you are mm-hmm. not attractive enough because a lot of women tend to think that it's all about like the the physical appearance, I mean, right? The prettiest so, girls in the world, they think they're not pretty enough. Exactly, and being pretty is really an energy. It's not a physical mm-hmm. appearance. So going back to that limiting belief, if you feel like you are not attractive enough to be with a high value man, why do you feel that way? Where did that come from? Like getting really curious about where did I establish that belief or like where did that even originate? And it's usually a point that's early in your life, usually usually from your childhood. And it's really cool because again, if you just sit with it and you sit with the, it's the emotion of shame that you're not pretty enough and let it just kind of happen in your body and close your eyes, let your subconscious mind show you the flashes, the images that you're going to get from your, the earlier parts of your life. And you might, for example, visualize a part in your, when you were maybe 10 years old and your mom told you that you look horrible in that outfit. That's mm-hmm. maybe where it all comes back to is that one moment. It's all boiled down to this one moment in time that you experienced as a child that you carried with you throughout your life. That internalized feeling of shame and guilt and, oh my God, I'm not good enough. You've carried that through your adult life and now it's manifesting in your relationships. Now that you have pinpointed exactly where it came from, what I always have them do is, like my clients and I'm walk- walking them through this process, is now that you can visualize your inner child at that time, and that's another thing that you should do is now when you know where it came from, think about your inner child when they were in that moment in time from a third person perspective. Like look at them, visualize them. And what would you tell them now as your adult self to give them comfort and encouragement and empowerment? Like what are the things that you would say to help give them that feeling? It's usually a really emotional experience. I always recommend doing it in like a meditative state because it is insane how that feels. Once you're able to really come to terms with that and and give your inner child the healing, like you're okay. You're actually amazing exactly the way that you are. Somebody would be lucky to be in a relationship with you. Like you deserve the world. Giving them all of those affirmations and all of that support. And then once you are able to integrate that kind of like coming back to your body and being like, okay, now what are a few affirmations that I can integrate that allow me to really embody that self, that new self-concept? I'm worthy. I'm beautiful just as I am. My partner will be lucky to have me. You can kind of put the, like write them on post-it notes, for example, and stick them everywhere you're going to see them often. And then that's how you start reprogramming that belief system. Like this is how we feel about ourselves now okay you're gonna think i'm crazy right now but as you were saying (laughs) this i was thinking like what is what is my inner child like what issues do i have and Mm -hmm. i had this vision (laughs) i swear to god i when i was a kid i moved around a lot and i was in i think i was like eight years old or something and i moved into Mm -hmm. this new class you know already like when you're so young in like second grade i was Mm -hmm. in europe so like it's a little different with the ages whatever there was like a group of girls and i started hanging out with them and then one of them i still remember her so vividly she was like full-on bully she was like my best friend one day and then the Mm -hmm. next day she would like turned the whole class against me and Mm -hmm. then I realized that like as you were saying this I literally had like flashbacks today when I like if I'm hanging out with somebody and they cross me somehow or maybe I feel some kind of weird energy I cut them out in a second Mm. sometimes that's good but also sometimes that's bad because I'm actually trying to protect myself because of that experience that I had when I was literally eight years old tell me how can I like for example if somebody's going through something like that that they're just like maybe they have trust issues maybe they were hurt sometimes in the past by a boyfriend by a friend by a family member how can they kind of overcome that. By the way, that was super vulnerable. Thank you for sharing that because I think a <laughs> lot of people experience things like that and they don't even feel comfortable talking about it. So I'm glad that you brought that up. You see how the, the vivid, the imagery just like shows up, God, right? I was like, I was like, am I going to start crying right now? Is my inner child yeah. about to get healed? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I know right? her damn name. I, I, I will not say it out loud, but like she like ruined my self-esteem as a child. That That's bitch. why it's important to read it. <laughs> 
that's why it's important to revisit, right? Is to like, think about like, where the hell is this coming from? What I would say to kind of work through that is pinpointing the trigger is the very first part. What is the thing that caused this reaction that caused you to do something like very abrupt or like have a reaction that maybe you normally wouldn't have because you're more calm on a regular basis? Once you know what the trigger is, right? Like you said, okay, as soon as somebody crosses me or it's like a perceived betrayal, bye, you're out the door. So then the next piece is to sit with it for a second in the moment before you react. So it's about practicing the pause is how I like to describe it. Pause in your tracks before you act on this emotion that's coming up and the beliefs that are being triggered for you and sit with it for a second and let yourself feel the emotional experience of it in your body. Because the thing is, what ends up happening to us a lot of the time as children is we experience a really negative emotion that we are not taught what to do with it. Mm -hmm. We're taught to actually run away from it. Like, no, you don't, you know, don't, don't think that way or don't, yeah, big girls don't cry. Right. And as soon as that happens, what happens is the emotion itself, it doesn't just go away, right? Your body actually stores it as trauma. It's, it's it's manifest as illness Mm -hmm. a lot of the time because emotions are very powerful form of energy. And as soon as you have an emotional reaction, if it is not expressed, it will be repressed and your body will literally save it as trauma. And so this is why as adults, it's really important for us to retrain our nervous system to be okay with the feeling coming up. Like, it's okay that we feel like this. There's nothing to run away from. You're safe. You're all right. And sitting with the emotion itself without pushing it away, without being like, okay, you know what? I need to just cut them off and then we're good because it's Mm -hmm. still gonna, it's gonna keep coming back over and over again. So once you can sit with the emotion and I would create a safe space for yourself to be able to feel and process the emotion really deeply. And as it's coming up, kind of just reminding yourself, reminding your nervous system, which is usually in like fight or flight of like, oh, okay, we need to do something about this. And being like, it's okay that we feel this way. Identifying maybe the emotion itself with a word can be helpful as well. Like I feel really anxious right now and it's not a good feeling. And once you sit with that, then again, with practicing the pause, it's about let's explore where did this come from? This is where you would do the visualization of like, okay, why did I get triggered? Oh, okay. Now I'm thinking about that girl from when I was eight years old and she did X, Y, and Z. That in and of itself is the actual shadow work piece of like exploring that wound and exploring that situation on a deeper level. But in the moment, it's about recognizing like, okay, that's where this is coming from. I'm okay right now. And before having that reaction and doing something about it, asking yourself the question of, okay, how do I want to move forward as my higher self right now? How would the most healed and evolved version of me handle the situation? And that usually comes after the shadow work piece. But it's like, once you can identify what is causing it and kind of exploring that situation in depth, asking yourself, okay, how do, how do I want to see this instead? How can I practice healing for myself and have compassion, for example, for the other person? Something I like to also recommend is think about the person who wronged you when you were mm-hmm. eight years old the girl who oh, really I see her like, right bullied <laughs> good okay so this is where the healing piece comes in write a letter to them as your current self with everything that you want to say you hurt me you made me feel like this you did this and that to me and once you have written that letter the next piece is to write a letter back to yourself from their perspective okay so I'm going to send a letter to her, an imaginary letter. Mm -hmm. And then what else am I going to do? Once you send that letter from your perspective where you've spoken your piece and you let her know how she made you feel, then you're going to write a letter back to yourself from her perspective. Oh, like she's replying to me. Like she's replying back to you. So you're going to put put yourself in her shoes Mm -hmm. and respond back to yourself with what you wrote about in the letter and see what comes up. But how would I know what she's going to say? That's up to you to decide. Like, for example, I did this one with my parents, right? When you're working through your relationship with your parents and maybe all the things that you struggled with throughout your 
your life with them. I wrote a letter to my mom and to my dad about how I felt about it. I put myself in their perspective in terms of like, why would they have acted this way when they were younger, when they were raising me? For example, writing a, a letter back to myself from my mom of like, I tried my best. I did what I could with what I knew. I was trying to show you love, but I didn't really know how else to do it besides being highly critical of you. Mm-hmm. And I was in pain. I was hurting and I'm sorry. Like giving yourself that apology, that closure from their perspective. And obviously, you know, it's not actually a letter being written back yeah. from them, but it's about like giving yourself that healing and that closure by acknowledging the humanness in them and recognizing that like, yeah, they were shitty to me, but hurt people hurt people. That's literally what it all boils down to. So if you can identify with compassion and like give yourself the closure of like, they've apologized and they've given me their perspective and it's okay, I can kind of put it to bed now. That's the ultimate form of healing that you can give to yourself. Like it is, so I know it may sound a little bit like, what? Like you want me to like, do like, you know, pretend I'm them and do it. But trust me when you actually do it, you get that feeling of like, okay, I can actually move past this. Like it's not a source of open an open wound anymore like it's okay for me to move mm-hmm. on from it i know that sometimes these type of tips seem silly to people until they try it and they see it actually works i mm-hmm. remember when i was i had a really tough relationship at some point in my life that like broke mm-hmm. me completely and i was mm-hmm. going through a lot of therapy and my therapist told me and i was so sad that i couldn't smile like my face could not smile i was wow. so skinny it was insane mm-hmm. but my therapist told me you should just give yourself 30 minutes a day where you're gonna smile like literally smile even that's gonna feel super weird she's like you have to dance around the apartment because i guess that builds up your whatever hormones and she's like just see how you feel as i started doing it first i was like this is total bullshit i will not do that and then one day i was like (laughs) there's nothing to lose why not why couldn't i dance a little bit around the apartment and obviously i was in a better mood so it all sounds silly until it's uh, until it happens and you see it works that's so funny that you mentioned that because those are two things that i literally have explicitly told to pretty much all of my clients at some point the smile thing works so well because your brain can't actually tell the difference between a real and a fake smile because it's the same chemical reaction when you do a real smile versus a fake one. So you're still getting the happy chemicals from it and it kind of tricks your brain into that momentary feeling of happiness to kind of reprogram that and go to that instead. And then with the dancing in the like around the apartment, what I have my clients do is I'm like, like for a confidence boosting exercise is I'm like, listen, your homework after the session, you're going to go and find the sexiest outfit you can. The one that makes you feel like so hot and so confident, like, oh my God, this is my bad bitch outfit. And you're going to curate a bad bitch playlist of songs that make you feel like your most powerful and confident self. And you're going to do your hair, do your makeup, just get yourself all dolled up and stand in front of the mirror and have a little solo dance party. Practice dancing, practice posing in the mirror the way you would at your most confident. And it's like the reason why that works so well is because you are teaching your body how to embody the energy of your highest and happiest self and most confident self. Like once you can bring that to life with like physical acts, it's so much easier to embody it moving forward because it doesn't feel like it's so far away from you now. It's like right here, you're bringing it Mm -hmm. into the present moment I get to feel like this right now and then you just build momentum with more of the same thing we have thoughts in our mind positive and negative our body doesn't see the difference so if you're constantly Mm -hmm. thinking negative thoughts that's going to happen in your reality Mm -hmm. and if you're thinking positive things that's going to happen I mean that's pretty much the base of manifesting like whatever your thoughts your thoughts create your reality again this is crazy the other day I was in a horrible mood and I saw your TikTok it like came up on my feed you were putting lipstick on you looked fantastic putting lipstick on in a 
mirror and something like, don't worry, your best time is coming and something like that. And that was exactly what I needed to hear in that very moment. I literally took a screenshot. I'm like, okay, cool. I got it. Like my higher self is speaking to me through your content. And I'm like, okay, thank God. It sounds very uh, encouraging. A hundred percent. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I always get so happy when people are like, oh my God, that post was exactly what I needed to hear. Because sometimes I just feel called to put a certain caption or talk about something specific. And it's because people like you, like you Mm -hmm. need to see it, you need to be reminded of that. But yeah, that's a spiel that I think brings a lot of people comfort because you are recognizing that you don't have impulses and urges and desires for no reason. Like for example, when you really want something to work a certain career or like have a certain income or like go on a certain trip, it's literally your the version of you that's already experienced it from the future communicating that to you right now. Like your higher self, your future self is always communicating to you at every single point in time via your intuition, via your urges, via your desires. And it's like, if you can learn how to tune into that, you will never not be in alignment. If you can learn how to follow that and listen to that and acknowledge that that's for a reason, you'll never fall out. Okay, question when it comes to intuition, I think I listen to my intuition a lot. But what happens Mm -hmm. if sometimes let's say you think it's your intuition, but it's Mm -hmm. actually maybe fear or previous trauma? That's a really great question. Fear and intuition feel very different in your body. Fear is it's usually sparked by thoughts that start with what if. It's your brain kind of coming up with scenarios that trigger you and make you feel really anxious. And it's your brain actually trying to protect you from a threat that doesn't even exist yet. It's like creating the threat to protect you again from something that's not real. Whereas your intuition is a deep inner knowing. The deep inner knowing itself can make you feel afraid as the byproduct, but intuition itself is something that you know, but you can't explain. You can't use logic. Whereas fear is something that you can explain, but you don't know for sure. That's the fundamental difference. And again, it's all about tuning into your body. Intuition is a sense of stillness. It's like a when everything is still and you feel calm, it's that inner knowing versus if it's like really chaotic and really like noisy and chattery and like really fast paced, that's usually fear. It's anxiety. It's not the same. Mm -hmm. What I love about your content is that you talk about financial independence and how to be that rich bitch energy and all that. And girls need to hear this. So tell me, Mm -hmm. first of all, why did you decide to start talking about finances? I feel like I have been on the opposite side of like lack, financial lack, where I didn't have the resources to like live my best life. I was in a lot of debt. I wasn't making, I was very underpaid. And having been on that job where you got fired. Yes, exactly. I was, and I was working overnight shifts like once a month. Like the hours were insane, but I was really unhappy. And a lot of my unhappiness stemmed from the fact that I was not financially stable. And again, I, I'm able to acknowledge that because I've been to the other side now. I have like running a six figure business and being like really financially stable. I see and I've experienced the relief with not having the heaviness of like, okay, well, you have all this debt to pay off and you have, and how are you going to make ends? How are you going to make like pay your bills and stuff? And so for me, I think the reason why I talk about it so much is because. Because in my experience, for me as a coach and as a content creator, the greatest act of self-love I can do for somebody or the greatest gift that I can give to somebody is explaining to you how you can achieve financial independence for yourself and not constantly be in a scarcity or a lack mindset. Because again, it really impacts your quality of life to not be able to afford things like basic necessities or like things like experiences that you really want to have. The other thing for me is, is like there's infinite abundance in this universe. It's all energy. It's not as limited as you might think it is. That's all your limiting beliefs. And if you're 
able to do the inner work to get rid of that, you will be able to experience financial abundance that will set you free in a lot of ways. And that's not to say that money is like the key to happiness or like money will, you it know, is the though. only thing. That, it, it definitely does. And that's the other thing is like, I also like kind of changing the stigma around talking about money, because I think it's a conversation that people need to be able to have freely to be able to even look into what their financial blockages are. So that's the main reason for me is I, I just, there's something so satisfying and rewarding to me about helping somebody unlock their financial potential and really create the financial life of their dreams. I'm going to share that I was born and raised in Croatia and mm -hmm. over there, it's shameful to talk about money. It's tacky. Mm -hmm. It's trashy. You shouldn't ever mention it. It's like, mm -hmm. but then when I moved to the US, the first question people ask is like, how much is your rent? I was like, whoa, <laughs> what is going Culture on? Culture shock. Well, yeah. And yeah. I like people were just brought up differently. So for those who might still experience those financial blockages, how would you guide them through this process? I would say, first of all, read the book called You Are a Badass at Making Money. It literally changed my life. Is that Best the green? It has the green cover? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh -huh. It's written by a life coach and she's amazing. The main thing I would recommend right now is just getting curious, doing like a self audit on what are your beliefs about money, like in general across the board. For example, you being at like wealthy, what are the reasons that your brain comes up with as to why that's not possible? One of them could be that I have to work really hard if I want to achieve wealth and I just don't really have that in me. People think that if you, you want to make a lot of money, they have to be like slaving away or like working really hard when that doesn't have to be the case, right? That's a like conditioning that you've picked up from your environment. In reality, money can be flowing in and out, right? So it's again, it's about really doing a self audit on how is it that you perceive money? What are your beliefs around money? And what are your beliefs about you being wealthy? That is what's going to lead you to maybe uncovering some of the financial trauma that you've had in the past and any of the beliefs that are working against you that are out of alignment. And the way that you can always tell is, and I was just talking about this on my like on last podcast episode, but it's like, you have an internal GPS system that is always telling you whether your thoughts and beliefs are in or out of alignment. And it's simply based on how it makes you feel. When you okay, think to yourself, this is great. So when you think to yourself, money is, is hard for me to come by or like, I will never be wealthy. How does that thought feel in your body? How do you feel when you think that there's going to be a reaction? There's going to be an, yeah, it feels gross. It feels icky. It's like, ah, I feel constricted and I feel upset. Maybe it's like there's a tightness in your chest, right? Like practice body wisdom. Where is this emotion coming up in your body? But when a thought makes you feel low vibrational, it's an indicator that that thought is out of alignment. It's not based in reality. It's not based in truth. It is an illusion. It is something that your brain is fabricating to try to keep you complacent and like afraid. And that's the thing of how you can tell when a thought is in alignment. And maybe like, for example, an affirmation that you should start integrating is the one that makes you feel lighter, makes you feel like more inspired, the higher vibrational. When that's how it feels in your body, that thought is aligned. And that's what you want to focus on kind of like implementing into your regular routine to feel that way. So when you're looking into your money beliefs, think about which money beliefs come up that trigger you and make you feel low and recognize that that's not based in reality. That is conditioning that you've picked up and it's you're able to unsubscribe at any point in time. I'll give you another example of beliefs back, back in Croatia. There was a war 1991 mm -hmm. and there was a lot of people who made a lot of money doing very bad things. So the whole country kind of had this mentality that if whoever is rich, mm -hmm. they probably screwed somebody over. They stole yes. from someone. So even till this day, when I'm back home and I speak about, I can't even like openly talk about 
about financial things at all with certain people because that's like, oh, who they steal from or what kind of shady business are they into? So mm -hmm. if you are surrounded by people that are like dragging you down or they're just like raining on your parade, but you can just cut them off. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your circle. Maybe even your coworkers. Mm -hmm. How would you like separate yourself to still kind of be cordial on a daily basis, but not take that energy in? When a client comes to me and they're having that issue, right? Like we're, we're wanting to manifest a new reality for yourself where you are financially abundant, you have everything you want, you feel really good, right? At that point about doing the audit of who are the people you spend time with? What are the environments that you spend time in that bring you down? And once you know what that is, like you were talking about, maybe it's your coworkers or maybe it's your family members or whoever that you can't necessarily cut off. What you want to do at that point to decrease the amount of time and energy that you're putting into that, that like vibration is hermit mode. And hermit mode is when you're intentionally spending more time alone to cut yourself off from any of the sources in your reality that are bringing you down and giving yourself kind of like a little break. Okay, I love it's that. so good. It's literally one of my favorite lessons that I teach to people because it's just, it's, such a simple yet effective way to take back control of your emotional environment and create a safe space for yourself where you get to process, okay, what do I want out of my life right now? What is my direction? Where do I, what do I want to be moving towards? What do I want my, my life to look like? And once you know what, you're, what you want your life to look like and how you want to feel, it's about creating pockets in your everyday life where you get to have those experiences and have those feelings so that that becomes what I call your vibrational baseline. Everybody has a vibrational baseline or emotions that they experience on a regular basis and it's reinforced by the patterns, right? The habits, you go to work in the morning, you see your shitty coworkers. Oh my God, not these people again. I can't stand these people. It's the, you know, the whole pattern. Hermit mode is about creating a new vibrational baseline where you're, you have, like I said, the pockets in your everyday life where you get to reprogram yourself with a new belief and a new like emotional state. For example, for me, what I love doing is every day I go to the park, like I go and I do, and I walk around the lake and that's my time to like regulate. This is my baseline. This is setting the tone for my day. This is setting the tone for my reality. Also, it's about like assessing when you go back into those places and those pockets of your life where you are being triggered, it's about kind of giving yourself a different way to look at that situation in a way that allows you to not be triggered as much. So it's everything just goes down mm -hmm. to emotion regulation and like reframing the way that you are experiencing that moment with those people that you don't like. So for example, with like coworkers, let's say that you don't like your coworkers because they're always talking about other people. Other people. <laughs> yeah, like they're always gossiping. Reprogramming is all about being like, okay, how do I want to feel? What are my values? How do I want to show up? I know I don't, I don't like being around this environment because it's very gossipy. So now when I go into that environment, it's about being able to like set the boundary of this does not align with me. I will remove myself from this environment when it, when they start getting gossipy, like, Hey, you know what? Like no hard feelings. So this isn't like, you know, like I don't hate you guys or anything, but like, just going to remove myself from this because it doesn't align with me or like how I want to feel or what I want to be doing. And again, that's creating more space in your life for the habits that you want to practice and the things that you do want to do, because it's like removing any source that is not in alignment with you and putting that time and energy towards something that is. This is so beautifully explained. I have this thing on my Instagram that's called Bobo Coco Do mm -hmm. and people ask me a bunch of questions and recently people were telling me like you've been glowing recently. What's your secret? What's going on? And honestly, I'm just living my life mm -hmm. for myself and I'm just saying no. I'm saying no to people that I don't want to hang out with. I'm saying no to random events because there's always an event in Miami. Mm -hmm. I'm just listening to myself and I'm creating my own like, permit mode your safe own. space Permitting mode. Yeah. And I'm just so happy because I'm doing things that make me happy. And I mean, I always tell people like you just have to spend time alone to cancel out all that noise mm -hmm. and to just listen to yourself. I love that. A hundred percent. And that's also like, I'm curious about your human design. Do you know your energy type with human design? I feel like you're a projector. I think 
I think I'm a manifesting generator. Yeah. Or okay, interesting. Sure. Yeah. I, I'll let you, I'll text you after. I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know because that, sure. that would be really interesting. That is really. Let me see if you can find it in my email. See if you can. Yeah, that would be really interesting because that helps kind of give insight as to yeah. what your needs are energetically to be able to be thriving. That makes so much sense. And that's exactly, again, what I help my clients with as well is how can you create, how can you put yourself on the pedestal and put yourself first and make sure that your everyday life actually serves you instead of limiting you? Part of that has to do with like your everyday habits. A lot of people have the issue where they say yes to things that they don't want to say yes to. And then guess what? Now you're in a low vibration because you've accepted something that you don't want to experience. And now that's where your attention and your time and your energy is going. Whereas if you can, again, put yourself first and practice that self-care of doing what feels right for you, you get to raise your vibration that way of like my everyday life includes things that I really enjoy that make me feel really good. And that's reinforcing those patterns instead. So I love that for you. You said something about if you do something you don't want to do, you enter that low vibration mode. Mm -hmm. How do we eliminate the feeling of guilt if we don't want to hang out with that friend or mm -hmm. if we have a meeting that we just know it's not going to benefit our life at all mm -hmm. but you kind of feel bad saying no because you know the other people mm -hmm. the other person already kind of like blocked their schedule so like how do you get through that so this is one of those things where you cannot fill anyone else's cup when yours is empty you have to fill your own cup first and that's how you can you feel the most aligned but that's also how you help other people around you because we also don't realize like how often other people want to be saying no to things that they don't give themselves permission mm -hmm. to do. And you never know that one time that you say no, who that's going to inspire and be like, damn, I wish I could say no. I kind of wish I had the space to do that myself. So that's one thing is you never know who you're giving space or permission to do the same thing when you practice embody and embody that yourself. But it's also, again, going back to your main priority as a woman, especially is to put your needs first and to make sure that you have your own back and that you are taking care of yourself. And the, the thing you can think about with this is like, think about your best friend. Think about a woman that you love so much that you adore her. You're her biggest fan. You're her biggest supporter. Would you encourage her to say yes to something that defeats her? No, probably not because not you, you love her mm -hmm. and you want the best for her. So it's really a matter of being like, how can I be my own biggest fan, my own biggest supporter and do what is right for me? Because I know it's best. It's in my best interest. And what's in my best interest is in the best interest of everybody around you, really. Like that's what it boils down to. Because again, you never know who needs the permission to do the same for themselves. But it's also like you could say yes and you could go to that meeting. But what energy are you bringing into it? Yeah, like I don't want to be like here. I don't want to be here. That's a waste of my that's, time. Yep. And that impacts everybody around you. That's like and that's they're gonna feel it. And mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. And that's a reason why, for example, like when I'm like meeting with somebody who's a potential client, I'm paying attention to the energy that I feel when I'm in there. And it's like if I don't feel like I am able to bring the right energy to the table, I'll be like, I don't think it's a good fit. So you're doing it for yourself, but you're also doing it for them as well. I don't want to bring unaligned energy into this. I don't want to bring bad energy into this. I want to bring good energy into this. And for that reason, I am saying no and I'm walking away. So you never lose. I just felt like I'm listening to a Shark Tank. And for that reason, for that, I'm saying no. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to start saying that more often because Shark Tank is literally like one of my favorite shows. And for that reason, I'm out. Sorry. I want to talk a little bit about your TikTok. This is for my own sake. Mm -hmm. Your posting schedule, like how do you plan everything? Tell me a little bit about your TikTok because Great you question. said just last year you started, right? Yeah. So I am, I don't believe in posting schedules. I don't believe in content schedule at Thank all. You. It does not, <laughs> does, especially if you're a manifesting generator, that's really going to resonate. But like my creative process cannot be confined to a schedule. It just does not operate that way. Like my intuition is so, so spontaneous. My creative urges are so spontaneous that the only thing I put on myself is to make sure that I leave space in my everyday life to be able to create content whenever I feel like it. Like as soon as I get hit with that inspiration, bam, I'm recording. And it's funny because all of the 
videos of mine that go viral, the most viral are always the ones where I'm like, Oh my God, I have this idea. I need to share it. Like I need to put this energy somewhere. And it's like, those are the ones that do the best because the energy that I'm putting into it is aligned. It's spontaneous. It's right. It's creative. It's not coming from a place of logical thinking, right? Like I was saying at the beginning, logical thinking can be your biggest enemy sometimes. Disneyland example. Yes, exactly. And you're going back to like, okay, well, how often am I supposed to like, what rules should I follow for engagement? What rules should I follow for the posting schedule to make sure I'm maximizing on my discoverability? my reach what are the things that i think people want to hear about from me and then you're putting yourself last right it's it's really mm-hmm. about dumbing it down and being like i'm not going to use logic to create my content i'm going to use inspiration and my creativity which again by default you can't put your creativity on a schedule have you ever had like a really brilliant idea hit you like in the middle of taking a shower or like doing something so random right those Always. are the, yeah those are the the ideas specifically with content creation that are going to get you the furthest because they came from a place of inspiration they did not come from a place of logic and you feel personally excited and passionate about sharing that message which is magnetic every time i made a video about be delusional you guys like oh my god i just landed my dream job with no prior experience so this is your sign to be freaking delusional because it works right the energy mm-hmm. that i'm putting into that idea and that explanation is so aligned because it's coming to me in the moment and it just feels really good to explain so it's like anytime somebody comes mm-hmm. to me and they're like oh, I want to go viral or I want to build my platform. I'm like, the first thing you need to do, stop thinking your way through it, feel your way through it. The ideas that you feel most excited by, for example, if you're not somebody who likes to talk in your videos, maybe you like to create like vlogs or that kind of content. It's like the right video to make is the one that you're like, I'm so excited to make this. And I actually don't even care how it performs. I don't care if people Mm -hmm. like it. Like I'm just so excited to do this that I'm just going to do it right here, right now. I love it. I think I can have you here for another three hours, (laughs) but I'm going to be mindful of your time. Uh, So I'm going to ask you one final question that I ask all of my guests, Mm -hmm. even though this is funny since we talked about our younger self, but what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Interesting. Um, You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know all the answers for everything to be working in your favor. You simply have to exist and then everything is going according to plan. That's what I would tell her for sure. I love it. And tell everybody where they can find you and tell me about the coaching. Uh, actually, I have, again, I, I, and I, 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 I honestly, astrology, coaching, everything. <laughs> I have extra time as well. I don't need to hop off for another like 45 minutes. So if you want to do astrology, we totally could. Okay. Let's, let's talk about astrology then. <laughs> That can be like a separate episode. I'll be like a whole one, like a financial one and then an astrology one. I love it. Okay. So let's, let's talk about astrology. 